John, it's been a couple of weeks since you've uh, been in my ears, but uh, last week I saw you in the flesh. Yeah, I would say the only thing worse than having me in your ears is having me in your face, and you just end up feeling like filthy afterwards. Yeah, that feeling of uh, just being a little bit dirty is, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, well, let's move on quickly. Anyway, you were over here in the uh, United Kingdom, Great Britain and Northern Ireland, visiting one of our finest cities, the city of Leicester, uh, because you came to this conference. Um, you were uh, an attendee from afar, probably one of the furthest, being uh, West Coast USA, but by no means the furthest, because we did have attendees from Australia as well. Um, but yeah, you know, tell us a little bit about your, uh, your your trip, John, and and what you thought, and some highlights, and let the lovely listeners know what you were up to. <laughs> how how mellifluous, Scotty! Now, I mean, NS Conference is is as 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 great as people say it is, and I know that you're much too modest to to gloat about it. So I certainly will on your behalf. I mean, this is number six, and as I was telling uh, my wife and other people that that it, it, that. It's so kind of well run and 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 self sustaining that you get to 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 kind of worry about details like making sure that there is is precision cut watermelons with the NS Conference logo during the the evening catered food events. Now I know that you didn't personally worry about that, but that was was. Uh, you know, a tribute to the the conference hosts themselves. I mean, I, th I think that before we even talk about the merits of the conference, it's very interesting to me to to have been to Leicester now twice, and to 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 see how nice everybody is there and, and how appreciative they were of of the attendees. And the reason why is that you know, on on first blush, you think you know, why would you have a conference in Leicester, which is kind of scarcely more uh, recognized or maybe even less recognized than 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 Wokefield Park near 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 Reading, and it's kind of an interesting place because. Because it's, if, if I understand correctly, the British Midlands are kind of like the old industrial belt, kind of like the Rust Belt in the United States, and these are, are towns that have had to reinvent themselves, and the demographics of the area has changed. So it makes for just you know a very interesting place to visit if if you're at all interested in, in sociology and, and and urban changes and stuff like that. So I've actually become a big fan of Leicester, but the the venue itself and the in the old you know converted movie theater that had sat empty for many many years and has kind of reborn has been reborn as a place for lavish Indian weddings with Bollywood style production values and then NS conference kind of nerdvana for for the European developers and and all that is is really cool. Um, and then you know, in terms of the conference itself, the 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 quality of the presentations was was as, as spectacular as ever, and and but still, kind of, there's nothing that beats being able to spend time with colleagues that you haven't seen in a while, or to to connect with people that you kind of know on Twitter or know by friends of friends, and to be able to to have a drink with them afterwards, or to to chat with them in the coffee line, you know, to be able to get answers and help for for what you're working on. You know, I myself personally was very happy to have been there with an app that I'd launched and be able to to get excellent, you know, critical and, and helpful feedback on it, and to to you know to to see how people react to it in in the in first view. So you know, if anybody ever doubts what the value of going to to, to conferences like NS Conference and there's precious few of them that are as good a, a, as it, um, trust me, it is worth it, it is worth the time. It is worth the money. Well, that's good to hear, and I didn't even have to pay you. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't want to sort of blow my own trumpet to say too much because you know it's not about uh, us and organising; it's about the community. But yeah, I think it had a really good feel this year. But that can only be as good as what the speakers and the attendees make the feel. We can only sort of try and facilitate that. 
Um, yeah, I thought all the talks were excellent. We tried to little mix up the whole stuff between um, uh, business and inspirational and technical. Uh, we liked a few little controversial talks. So we had uh, Mark Zara talking about on... Um, uh, okay, well, it's been labelled the don't use third-party framework talk, though that's not what he said, although that gets a nice controversial headline and gives people something to talk about. Um, we had Halle Winkler doing... Uh, Sort of uh, what our developers' response to sort of all this NSA spying should be. That went down really well. We had some good sort of uh, end of day talks from James Thompson of uh, PCALC fame and Michael Rands of used to run the uh, Apple Store and um, Lex Freeman who uh, works for the Mid Roll now as a but was a MacWorld editor or senior writer or something for a long time. And the whole mix just felt quite good this year. Um, Blitz Talks and the Delegates, now, they seemed really good. To be honest, Blitz Talks are only 10 minutes, and in that 10 minutes I'm running around trying to get something else done, so I catch very few of the Blitz Talks. Was there a Blitz Talk that stood out for you in any way at all, John? Um, yeah, a couple one. Uh, Martin Winter gave a great talk on on, on understanding Bezier paths and, and how to use them and what they're good for, and he released a really good uh, sample app, and I'd actually used it um, last year, and I hadn't realized how much work he'd done with it beforehand. I thought that he was just happened to be you know very good at math and way better than I, um, but no, he had a really interesting product that he was able to use some of the sample code for. Um, Alex Repti gave a great talk. It was it wasn't a, it was a blitz talk on um, the um, uh, advanced. No, mapping. his was a main. He was he was a, that was a main talk. Oh, that's right. Okay, so that's why it was even fuller. And and but again, kind of what was great about it is is the sample code that was in it. Um, uh, oh, and 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 well, not not a blitz talk, but uh, Amy's talk on on key value observing KVO. And I've been using this for years, and I learned things I had not known. So yeah, it's uh, spectacular. All of them. I, I, I honestly, I, I can't, I can't honestly think of any talk, blitz or otherwise, that I thought was well, meh. I thought they were all, you know, there were there were great nuggets out of each one. Some might be more useful, more inspiring than 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 the other, but I don't think that anyone could honestly say that was a waste of my time having listened to it. Okay, so we don't we don't want to just tell people all about this conference they didn't um, go to because that's really boring in, in this threat. But if you had to. Pick one or two things that you came away challenged by or determined to look into further um, or totally blown your world away. Um, what, what, you know, what would they be? Um, on the technical side of it, there was there was the talk on on um, trying to, to add, as best as possible, determine the context of your user and then adapt for it. And that was for things like knowing what time of day it is and so that you can adjust the, the, the background lighting of your app, for instance, or knowing whether your user is mobile or not, um, you, know, you know, and then ad adjust the user interface for it. I think that that's a, that's a big challenge. It's something I think that can be directly applied to, to Findery and, and, and other apps that I'm working at. You, know, you always have to remind yourself that a, a common usage pattern of a phone app in particular is you're bored, you've got a couple of minutes while you're trying to kill time, or you've got to quickly get some information because you need information, you need your answer, and so your app has to, to get started, get to where they need to go, and, and just get out of the way as, as, as quickly as possible. Um, so uh, that was very, very important. 
In terms of, of inspiration, I, I did like Michael Rand's talk a lot because it talked about you know the the, the need for you know the the dictator, the 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 designer, and the and the engineer, and that you need all three for your project to be successful, and you have to figure out what role you're going to play, um, and not think that you can do all three at once. You simply can't. And he also had something I thought was very interesting where he talked about how kind of three years is kind of like the, a, a, a bit of a magic number in terms of how, you know, that you can be so super devoted to something before, you know, you start to get a little bit antsy and itchy. I thought that was interesting. Um, so those those are the two that I think really quite stood out with me. I mean, I, I you know, as I said, it's, it's hard for me to 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 say that 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 you know that I didn't get something out of everyone. I mean, even even Mike Lee's the the opening talk about you know the 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 the, the deadly danger of of the inside straight where you think oh I've got all you know all but one card I need to have the super winning hand and that in fact is is the most dangerous uh, moment because you know statistically you have almost no chance of that one final card flipping over and if you think that you've got the perfect hand you're wrong and and you can't become complacent can can't become complacent about it. And, and have to always also realize that, you know, luck is such a huge part of anything you do. You can prepare yourself to, to be in the right place in the right time, but in the end, luck is, is, is a hugely and hugely important part. Yeah, that was a great talk. And, and I love the fact that he, he used the poker analogy to, to sort of show about odds and, and, you know, false conceptions. And everyone was sort of waiting for him to then sort of explain the metaphor, and then he didn't. <laughs> I know. He just sort of just sort of stopped and made you you go away and think about it for yourself. And and, and there were some yeah. great metaphors in there, um, you know. But you know, as soon as he had to explain it, it would have sort of it, it would have lost some of its power. So that was yeah. Really cool. I love oh, the uh, fact that like, sorry, carry on. Oh, so then the other thing, kind of, I I also wanted to talk about kind of. Um, uh, the, the uh, unabashed theft that's going to go on, and I won't be the only one. I heard many people after Lex Freeman's talks like, "Oh, I'm totally stealing that conceit or that that approach." I mean, and it was amazing to see how people were riffing off each other during the courses of their talks. Like, and I don't know whether it was timed that way, but you know, Michael Rands had the had the kind of intro slide, which is used to test to see if the, if the color reproduction and the 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 aspect ratio of the monitor is correct. And it's very, I mean. I don't know where he got it from Apple or where they just do it. it was very lushly done. And it kind of said, hello, 1024 by 768. And then Lex Friedman just had kind of a, a knockoff version of it. that was kind of sneaky and just kind of, you know, said opening slide. But, but one thing that Lex had done, that I thought was really cool when he was uh, talking about acronym acronyms, where he was like saying an acronym P A A F is like, how many people of you, uh, of you here have heard of it? And of course, you know, he was expecting many people to raise their hands <laughs> because no one wanted to, to, to admit that they didn't know what it is. So, of course, they understood. But then he quickly said, good, I'm glad to see there aren't that many liars in the audience because it's a completely made up acronym and it stands for this. So I, I, I will definitely be stealing that technique. Yeah, that was that was cool. And fortunately, not many people had put their hands up and those that yeah. did weren't really noticed. So that was OK. Yeah. Um, I loved the sort of conflicting advice, um, which sounds really strange but the fact that the advice is conflicting um makes it out that there isn't just no one right answer to this stuff so we had james thompson who'd been who does peacock and you know he's been working on his code base for over 20 years and he was there saying you know um, amongst all his great stories uh, you know always be ready on day one for a new release always be ready for you know the iphone always be ready for the ipad always be ready for the latest os because you know that's where um, you know, gets you great recognition and gets this stuff and that's what he's always done 
you know, and then the, the next morning we have Rich Siegel of um, Bare Bones, you know, been writing BB Edit for you know, 20 years or whatever, who's saying, never be driven by anybody else's time schedule, never rush to get this done, never rush to do that, never, yeah. never, whatever. And they're both, both are living off their code base for 20 years, they're both considered successful, they're both considered great engineers, and yet they both have a totally opposite attitude to the way they uh, commercially develop and produce their software. And I think that that's just a great example especially to younger developers that you know it's not about you know locking onto something that someone's done that's once had success you're really picking up some of the stuff mike lee was saying but it's about you know it's a bigger picture and there's so many things involved that you know you have to make your choices and do it and i thought that came across really strong as well in paul kim's talk about surviving outside the app store where he said you know write the app that you want not the app that a store allows you to have Right, um, totally. If yeah, if it happens that once you've written the app you want, it can go in the store. Great, you know. Um, but why sacrifice your app? Um, which I think is probably a message that needed to be heard again because we've we've sort of almost assumed there isn't life outside the app store. And yet, you know, here is a guy who lives in. Let's face it, he lives in New York City, um, which is probably one of the most expensive places to live in the world. Um, and he survives totally. He doesn't do consulting or whatever else. He t- survives totally. Um, uh, earning his living from an app that can't even go into the app store. And, and that should be another example to us. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it reinforces something else. I mean, you know, being in the app store, being not in the app store, that's not what it, what matters. I mean, the app store is a glorified, you know, installation mechanism for you. It doesn't, it, it, only if, if, if you're featured heavily do you get any actual boost from it. And then that, that will fade. I mean, that's that's my direct experience. So you have to always be marketing. I mean, I think that was was an important part of, of Lex Friedman's talk. And, and the, the two are tied together because, it, you know, it, it, people don't care about how they get your app if they if, if they need or are inspired by your app, they'll find a way to get it, right? You know, th- th- that's that's not what it is. They have to con- they have to be have a reason for getting it, and they have to hear about their fr- from their from their friends. And marketing is 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 a huge, hugely important undertaking, and as as important as as, as design and engineering. I mean, if I had one critique, it was kind of funny that that you know, in the in the triumphant, the dictator and the designer and the engineer, presumably maybe the the marketing and 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 kind of biz dev crafty crafty marketing thing has to be somebody who's in, who's in the dictator's chair. Um, so. Yeah, well, people would be able to see what we're doing coming out again. Another, um, I thought another interesting sort of a paradox we had is we had a session on. Um, it wasn't saying don't use third-party frameworks. It was saying understand the cost of using third-party frameworks. Um, but there, but equally at the same time, we had the announcement and the launching of a third-party framework going live at the conference. Right. In one of yeah. the talks at the same time, as yeah. well as having another talk from um, a developer. So that was Drew McCormack released on yeah. Sumbles one one zero, and then we also had a talk from a developer who's probably responsible for one of the most popular third-party frameworks in the entire iOS um, you know, stratosphere, Matt Thompson uh, of AF Network right. being, you know, giving a talk as well. And, and, and I love that sort of, it's not tension. There wasn't tension as such. Well, I don't think there was. That thing that, you know, it really said to me, look, you find your way in this because there is no right answer. And here, everybody on that stage is successful. Everybody who's sharing with you is a good developer. Everybody has sort of craft themselves out a career, either as an employee you know, a great employee or as an indie or as a company owner and, and they've all done it differently and they've 
all had to find what worked for them. And that was that was the message that came to me from the whole thing. Exactly. Exactly. So then NS conference was over and you'd um you felt that uh, after basking in the sunshine of Leicester, uh, you needed to um to, 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 to soak up a few more rays and so um you headed off to Athens, didn't you? I went to Athens. It was great, grand, and glorious. I had never been there, and the reason I went to Athens is, is I gave a talk on on the Friday, um, and spent the spent the weekend and Monday with the company of 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 Klaus um, Klaus Spiller, who is uh, ha, uh, helped build Amsterdam in in Amsterdam. Um, and you you met him when we, when when we first went over, so you've met him at least once. And his his partner is, is a Greek lady, and uh, and together they have created this company called Stone Soup. We actually chatted about them many episodes back about this uh, kind of two week boot camp that they were doing to take companies that were having you know struggling trying to get their app to the famed MVP, the the minimum viable product stage. Um, and they, 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 the very first one that we talked about, that was done with, uh, you know, with the assistance of an engineer from Big Nerd Ranch, um, and uh, they, they, they kind of talked about these very issues. What's the important thing to do? Do you use pre-made frameworks or not? Do you use somebody's backend thing? But the important thing is, is how do you focus on on getting something that really works? So um, I was curious to see for, with my own eyes what it was like. I, I, I'm curious about Athens in general because, you know, there's lots to recommend Greek culture and, and food and, and, and all that. But there's even more to recommend it because I think it, it's a very, very interesting time for, for Greece because, as, as many people know, or everybody should know, because of the economic crisis there that had started in 2008 and there had been rioting in the streets and, you know, unemployment is bad for everybody. But particularly particularly bad if, if you are a young graduate and so you know we have colleagues but both of you and I um, uh, uh, who are, are super talented super smart people who are Greek and they, they, they feel like their only opportunity was to have left the country and there's similar stories in Spain and Italy but the fact of the matter is is not everybody who's super talented has the opportunity to, to go abroad as you as you know it's like you know going packing off and getting a visa or being able to afford to to, to study abroad is very very difficult and so I I uh, was asked to give a talk at, at that was organized by Amsterdam, Greece, and it was held at this place called the Orange Grove, which is this fantastic, fantastic facility that is a joint venture between the the the. The, the Netherlands, it's the, 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 the Dutch embassy there, and some Greek um, architects and startup specialists, and they created out of what used to be a gymnasium underneath what appears to be kind of an Irish uh, social club, or um, uh, you know, th this this really cool workspace. It can be configured as a co-working space or a place for training or a place for meetings and of course really great presentation stage. So I was the second um, presenter in this in this this series that they put on. Uh, our own Saul Moore was, was the first speaker. Um, I was the first speaker to do it at the at the Orange Grove and I was talking about the passions of the software developer and I was it was um, adapting some of the themes I've talked about in, in, in other talks. You saw my talk at uh, Objective CGN or the talk I gave in Amsterdam two years ago, but basically about you know weaving your life, your life experience, and your passions into the development of software, with the argument being that you know having you know perfect knowledge of, of languages and and IDEs and and, and development frame, frameworks that's step zero that's expected that's table stakes that doesn't in any way differentiate you from lots of other software engineers out there what does differentiate you 
you is the way that you look at the world and your life experiences and your passions. It's what gets you the gig. It's what lets you look at a problem differently and what, what, what gives you a network of people to work with. And why I found it so interesting to go there is that, is that, uh, you know, there are a lot of smart, a lot of really good people there and they are really anxious to, to have interesting projects to work on and to be able to, to do the types of things that, that you and I and, and, and people who are kind of, you know, in this, this indie slash startup slash kind of uh, developer scene that, that we, we live in, they want in too. And there's no reason why they shouldn't get in. And so um, the, the Dutch ambassador was there and he, he stayed longer than he said that he, he could. So I, I guess the, the, my talk wasn't too awful. Um, and he, he tweeted his, his, his approval of it. And there was a New York Times article, and I'm passing this, this in the show notes, but there's a New York Times article about the startup scene as an important effort to try and combat the drain, brain drain that exists there and as a, a, a mechanism to, to, to you know, give opportunity to, to smart young uh, you know, Greek entrepreneurs. And so um, Stone Soup, you know, there, there is this office. You can go there. You can hang out. You can work on your projects there. They have projects that they're running there. You know, uh, uh, this guy named Martinez, um, and I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name because I'll, I'll screw it up, but he was there working on a two-week project with some engineers and designers there, and he came down, and he's, he's working on, on a, well, maybe I, I shouldn't say what he's working on in case he doesn't want people to know, but it, it was a very sophisticated video-related project, and it's coming along great. You know, there was I, I, I got to listen to a pitch and see about some work that was done by uh, a company that's, that's doing um, management uh, and, and for the running of aquaculture. So I guess all this is to say is that it, it totally blew my mind how much cool activity is going on there. And it's yet another place that if you want to kind of do something a little bit different, you know, uh, try it. You, you never know, you know, how, how the experience of just visiting or even spending a week or two weeks working on your project, exposing it to other people, being able to test it out in a different context and a different culture would just make for a much, much better product. And, and, you know, if you are all kind of interested in, in the kind of pleasures of, of that, that are classic pleasures of, of sunny environment and, and, and sunny food and, and people who really know how to enjoy life, I, I, I cannot say enough good things about my experience there. So check it out. So, I mean, it's part of Amsterdam, which we know is supposed to be this sort of drop-in developer community. Um, and yet this stone soup, is, it sounds like it's taken sort of a, it wants to take something of that culture, but is equally doing something specific around that. So is it possible for people just to sort of turn up or do you need to get in touch and book in or is it somewhere I could just go with my laptop for two weeks just well, to get away from my normal environment and do some work? How, how does that sort of work for us mere mortals who don't get invites like you, John? Well, there's two ways. So, I mean, in the case of the Orange Grove, you know, the, that is something that is an incubator. I mean, if you wanted to go there once or, you know, to, to, to go there to co-op for a day, I'm sure you could just show up um, and they would be, they would happily, in, you know, let you in unless they were super ba booked, but they actually do, you know, it is, it is kind of a, an incubator where they're specifically looking for joint ventures between Dutch entrepreneurs and, and, and Greek entrepreneurs. There are in fact, a couple of, of co-working spaces that have become available. Um, Stone Soup, they have a lot of room. So there, there are definitely people 
people there, and so you get in touch with them, they'll happily have you over there. So, and Amsterdam, Greece is is an active thing. I mean, Amsterdam has embassies. They the whole point of Amsterdam was that it's not exclusively in Amsterdam. That it was, as they say, you know, a meta organization by app developers for develop app developers. And while the center of gravity is in Amsterdam, I can tell you that the scene in Greece is really strong. I haven't visited in. I've been to a couple of Amsterdam, San Francisco events. I haven't been to the ones in Milano or Warsaw or or um, Paris, but I, I understand they're pretty cool as well. But so you can just go Go there if you want to do it casually. If you want to actually do one of these two-week um, event, you know, bootcamp things, that is that is what Stone Soup does. I mean, their 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 specialty is really welcoming a team of, of people, especially if they've already you know been along and and they're kind of stuck in a sense that they 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 may be running out of money or they may have been running their project for a while and it hasn't gotten to a critical mass it hasn't gotten to a, a, sh a shippable viable you know initial release and so um they help with all that they help with with getting you a place to stay to, to hooking up with people so that if you need a particular type of illustrator a particular expertise in engineering they find people there and they found some really good um people and the the, the name itself stone soup kind of of course refers to the the famous you know, uh, childhood, I, I guess, fable, or you know, about about the, the 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 German soldiers who came into the village and were looking for some soup, and and everybody said at first, no, all we have. It's like, well, we'll start with stones, and people kind of gather around, and everybody puts in their their little thing. At the end of the day, the community has produced a really delightful soup that everybody can enjoy and so that's that's the way they approach it they've got some resources because they do have that that, that building with two floors um and uh there's there's a bunch of stuff going on there so yeah you you can just show up you know you follow follow uh, follow follow stone soup gr on on twitter and get in touch they, they would you can definitely arrange something there cool I think it's time to thank our sponsor. Uh, once again, it's the guys from Martian Craft with their product briefs. Now, at NS Conference, John, we had 75% of the um, Martian Craft senior leadership team. So there we are. They, uh, they came over and supported us. Um, uh, two of them were speaking, actually. Um, so anyway, uh, Martian Craft, led by Marcus Zara, Carl Richter, uh, Rob Ryan, and Jeff LaMarche, um, have their product called Briefs. Briefs is a, a design app, effectively, that allows you to mock up the UI of your application um, in a Photoshop-y type of way, but then to create a, um, a whole set of user experience points, so you, you know, buttons, and you put, just find the flow between screens and the way things are going to work. And then you can load that onto a device and give it to a user or a tester or someone to have a look at. And so what they're immediately able to do is, rather than just see the look of your application, you can get the feel of what it would be like if you follow that design. So the flow of the screens, the flow of the information, um, the user experience as much as the user interface. And as we've discussed many times on this show, you know, that actually provides uh, really early valuable feedback that you know, at that point when you're not coded yet is you know, very cheap to change. Whereas if you're putting this in the user's hands and they say, I don't like the flow, to re-code the application is incredibly expensive to do. So this is well worth a look. Um, it's called Briefs. You can check it out at giveabrief.com. It's 199 bucks, And uh, you know, if you do any serious work where you need to put stuff in the hand of clients to, to get them feedback, you know, I'm pretty sure that's going to pay for itself in virtually no time. Um, so go try it out. There is a trial, um, and you can set up a limited application to do it with. So go check out giveabrief.com. That's Briefs. 
uh, from the guys at Martian Craft, and we want to thank them for sponsoring the show. Now, John, I, I want to be first in here, because I don't think I've heard anyone else discuss this yet. Um, and so I'm going to get in there really quick so that we can be the first and look the most stupid. Okay. okay. Right. It's, it's the end of March, so sometime within the next four to six weeks, I'm suspecting WWDC 2014 tickets will go on sale. Now, obviously, if it's anything like last year, we don't know how they're going to do it. Maybe they'll move to a lottery system. Maybe they'll have the ticket announcement date like they did last year. Maybe they'll go back to the system that's just becoming available and whoever's online is lucky. But regardless of that, I should imagine it's going to sell out again. Um, so regardless, so people probably need to make up their mind beforehand if they're going. Now, interestingly, this year, um, last year we all sort of knew that Mavericks was going to be coming. We thought there would be a new iOS uh, uh, OS 10 coming. Uh, we knew that Johnny Ive had got involved in iOS and it was going to be a major revamp. Whereas right now, we don't really know anything. There's nothing uh, of, you know, I don't even know if there's a rumour mill going on. So, John, what is, you are going to be the first person I am going to hear. What is your prediction for WWDC 2014? Uh, everybody who has been told used uh, uh, storyboards and assumed that your app can can be reconfigured for a variety of different devices will be happy that they did so, um, because Apple is going to unleash just this this storm of of sensing computers and computers that sense you and cooperate with you. It's a combination of things like iBeacon, you know, new software that would be able to run on Apple TV, the 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 the, the CarPlay system. Um, so the big news is going to be, you know, not they'll certainly be. I'm sure they'll announce iOS eight and and the next version of Mac, which will get yet more stuff from from iOS into it. This is the time when they say basically, you know, the next big thing is is Apple devices that that sense and react to your 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 environment and how how you as app developers will reconfigure your app so it'll be broken up in little pieces running in different locations so one of those pieces might be something that you wear some of it might be running on the tv some of it might be reacting to to ibeacon networks that you set up um and then of course on on the on the phones and, and desktop and laptop computers that we already know and love wow that's quite an adventurous prediction there john because i mean that's really pretty revolutionary Cool. Well, I hope you're right. Um, I, I, I have really no idea. There was a little bit of, there were a few conversations went on about this at this conference a little bit. Um, and it's it, the, the beginning of the week, it started with this, whether this is just some big rumor mill building up, I don't know. Yeah, it was, might be one of those quiet WWECs this year, a consolidation year. But it was sort of the feeling to me by the end of the week, and, and with no evidence other than developers winding each other up, that maybe what we're going to see this year is um, you know, just like we've had the, the big UI change of iOS 7, we've had the sort of um, the, the dramatic move of, of, of the different style through OS 10 going through Lion and Mountain Lion and into Mavericks, that maybe this year is like we're going to see uh, a snow leopard type effect, whereas actually to the user on the surface, nothing's going to change, but you know behind the scenes to the developer, you know, a whole new world is going to open up to us. Because, I mean, you know, it's, you know, to users, Snow Leopard was a, an insignificant release. So, in fact, I think they even advertised no new features, didn't they? 
um, it's part of the marketing campaign for it. Um, but for developers, there was just so much stuff. I think that's where we first got GCD uh-huh. um, and, and things like that. Uh, was was that where we got blocks the first time as well? Yeah, yeah. Did we get that there? Uh, we didn't get Arc then, but never mind. Um, and so, so maybe there's something like that going on in the background. So it's going to be interesting. So, John, the question is, are you going to try and get a ticket? Uh, well, I think I'm going to follow my tradition of saying, nah, I'm going to leave it to someone else. And then, of course, I will at the last moment get one and go. <laughs> yeah, because you're just a wuss. You can't hang out. All those people, all those people around you um, are sort of saying, it's, uh, yeah, oh, no, 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 just, uh, yeah, no, just, just off. It, it was very interesting, again, being with developers last week, uh, uh, that an awful lot of people sort of said last week, you know, they may not try and get a ticket this year, um, but they're still going to go to San Francisco. And yeah. I think, you know, it's going to be, Almost like it's going to be interesting over the next few years whether a whole sort of fringe culture around WWC builds up. Last year there was old WWDC. No idea if that will go on this year. Uh, there were a couple of other conferences that attempted to get off the ground and didn't for different logistical reasons that may have another go from a different angle um, this year. So it's good. It's a bit like um, you know, um, over here we have the Edinburgh Festival um, and almost the fringe festival that built up around the Edinburgh Festival is now the big event and the yeah. fact that the Edinburgh Festival is a, an official festival. No one actually quite remembers what it does or whatever, or yeah, what it is. So yeah, maybe over the next ten years we're going to end up with this huge developer festival in San Francisco, and the fact that WWDC is going on in the middle of it will just be a coincidence. Yeah, dub dub fringe. <laughs> that that that'd be quite cool, really, wouldn't it? That'd be that'd be quite a good place to be. I see. I'd, um, yeah, I did not well. know that. I did not know that the Edinburgh because I'd heard. You know, I'd never been to the Edinburgh Festival. My mom's been going for years, and I remember she telling me that you know that that the more interesting stuff was on the so-called fringe. But I didn't. Re- I thought that that Edinburgh fringe was just kind of an official thing, um, but it's not. As you you make it make it make me understand. Well, these days these days it might be. It may have all been mm. put together and merged, but it it definitely. Um, yeah, it, it, initially it was a whole bunch of things that just started up on the edge unofficially. Uh, whether it's one official organisation these days, I don't know. But it, but it, it grew from this place of unofficialness mm. into what it is today. And effectively now it does reflect what it grew into, even if it is official or unofficial is now irrelevant. It grew into this thing and it grew into it from a sort of a, um, a, an unofficial stand, standpoint. I don't know all the details, so um, you know, please don't sort of quote me on that and, whatever else but that's take the concepts of what i'm talking about okay apply them to the situation as opposed to the the actual facts who cares about facts <laughs> exactly. right john we should probably finish because we've okay. been doing our half an hour and uh, we've waffled on quite a lot about the stuff we've been up to um uh, next week we've uh, i've got a whole list of uh, sort of quite techie topics i'd like us to talk through and some business stuff and uh whatever so hopefully people will come back for that tell people where they can find you john well uh, i mean they can find you at home because you've just got there but where can they find you on the interwebs you can find me on findery as john fox and so by all means if you haven't checked out the app i invite you to do so um you can find me on twitter as jembe that's d-j-e-m-b-e like the west african drum and you can find me on memory miner my product at memoryminer.com Scotty, did I lose you? I think you were disappearing in there, but I'm sure you were there. I was just waiting to know that you had exactly finished. I'll let it that bit uh, out. Not the bit of you talking, the bit when you finished. Okay, my name is Scotty, 
you can find me on Twitter as Mac Devnet. Uh, you can find me on um, ADN as Scotty. Uh, you can check out the show notes for this show at iDeveloper.co. Um, this has been the iDeveloper podcast, episode 108. John, it was an absolute pleasure to to see you in the flesh last week, but it's uh, just uh, it just feels very secure to to have popped you back in my ears where you belong. And I'm sure John is saying something really interesting, which I will edit into the show uh, when we finish. But I have no idea what he said. I'm sure it was witty and funny and full of full of intelligence, like his his uh, statements always are. But uh, everybody out there, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, you all take.